Hi, my name is Dan Ariely, and welcome to Arming the Donkeys, a weekly podcast about science. Every week, I will talk to one researcher about one project who have a chat about what they found and what it means for our lives. Dan's guest this week is Barry Schwartz, professor of social theory and social action at Swarthmore College. So I'm here in beautiful L.A. It's finally not so cold, huh? Finally. Finally. And I'm here with uh, Barry Schwartz, who's a fabulous psychologist. And uh, you want to talk uh, to me a little bit about wisdom. What, what do psychologists know about wisdom? Psychologists know very little about wisdom. It's so hard to study that psychologists have avoided studying it. So I'm working on a project that tries to both characterize what it is and, more importantly, uh, talk about why we need it and why we are engaged in activities that threaten it in modern American life. So, so what, what threatens it, for example? Two things threaten it. Excessive reliance on rules that people are supposed to follow, which eliminates the opportunity for them to make mistakes, learn from their mistakes. Give me, give me an example. Well, so there are teachers in, uh, uh, in Chicago, kindergarten teachers, who have a script to teach a 25-page book with pictures. That ha- the script has 75 items, and it specifies in excruciating detail exactly what they're supposed to say. So the teachers are basically robots doing the this job. The teachers are basically robots, except that maybe like the Einstein robot, they smile. So, so they're, they're robots who show emotion. And, and that's bad because? It's bad because the right way to teach is to figure out what it is that each kid needs. And that's going to be different for different kids. It's going to be different for the same kid at different but, times. But if the, if the teachers are just terrible, they're awful teachers, wouldn't it be better to give that's them some That's why rules? we have rules. The reason we have rules is that we don't have confidence that if we let teachers use their judgment, they'll have good judgment. So instead of trying to figure out either how to get teachers with good judgment or how to take the teachers we have and give them good judgment. We just throw rules at them. It's, a, it's an insurance policy. It's an insurance policy against disaster, and we end up with mediocrity. Okay, so, so you that's basically, one problem. That's one. What's the second one? The second problem is that we think that clever incentives are enough to get people to do the right thing. Uh, for example, if we do like the No Child Left Behind and we pay teachers for pay their teachers performance. Pay bonuses, pay, pay people who run financial companies bonuses. And that's, and that's not correct? I mean, how can you say it in this economic <laughs> environment? You're right. How could I possibly think that giving people bonuses won't automatically lead to the right outcome? I think that the problem is that every time we see a failure like what was, has happened in the last six months in the financial system, the conclusion people draw is not incentives aren't enough. Instead, the conclusion they draw is the incentives we had were dumb, let's make smarter ones. And, and it's clear that the incentives were dumb. I mean, there's no question about it is, that. But, but people don't remember the history. The history is that 15 years ago, these, these economists got unbelievable plaudits for figuring out a way to pay high-level executives that was compatible with the well-being of the company. Instead of paying them cushy salaries so they'll just sit on their asses and do nothing, make most of their compensation in the form of bonuses so that they do better if the company does better. But but, but we know that that's a revolution. But that, that was a short-term... I mean, now we understand it was a mistake. It was now a short-term view. Now we understand view. it was a mistake, so we think that we will tinker... But, but your point is more general. You say, look, we can now think we understand the incentives and we could tweak it a little bit and change right. it. But there's something inherent about incentivizing people this way that will never work. That's what you want to say, that's that in what principle. I want to say, in principle. So that, tell that, me a little bit about why. Well, I don't know that it's in principle, but, the, but the, the, what I believe to be the case is that there is no incentive system 
that people, smart people won't eventually find a way to subvert so that they get what it is the incentives are, desi- are paid for without actually producing what the incentive structure is there to encourage. And, and at the same time, you want to argue that this incentive system undermine wisdom. And the other thing is that um, uh, although it needn't be this way and it's kind of odd that it is this way, if you give people incentives and a sense that this is the right thing to do. So they have two reasons to do it. One, it's the right thing to do. Two, I'm getting paid for it. Two reasons are not better than one. They seem to compete with one another, as you yourself have shown yeah. on a smaller scale. When, when you know, If you want somebody to do you a favor, yeah. ask them to do you a favor. If you're going to pay them, you better pay them a lot. Well, what happens when you offer to pay them? Suddenly, this activity gets shifted from the sort of responsibility, care, concern, and responsibility to other people into the calculation of self-interest. And once that shift occurs, you better make sure that you pay me enough to make it worth my time. So the argument is that if we create very complex incentive schemes and people are continuously engaged with how to maximize those things, it can actually might take them away from the ball, from what you think is wisdom, from the big picture, from the thing that you really care about and undermine that. to do the right thing. They don't, instead of wanting to do the right thing, they want to do the thing that produces the payoffs that they're after. So, so, so it, demor- it demoralizes the activity in the sense that people no longer think that what they are doing has moral content. So instead of thinking about people as robots that we need to set their infra- um, incentive structure, we need to think of them as moral beings and how do we not undermine their morality. That's that exactly happen? right. And we need to appreciate that any work people do that involves other people is moral work. So, so last question. Uh, are we as professors, are we being paid correctly? Well, I think that professors get paid differently at different places. At my institution, they basically don't give merit raises. So, in effect, you get lots of you know, recognition and plaudits for being good at what you do, but you don't get more money. And is that good or bad? I think it's great. I think that it, I think that you know this sort of bonus system is corrosive of the right motivation, and we want to encourage nurture the right motivation. And so, you've you've been on the side that would suffer this because if you would have gotten merit raises, you would have gotten a lot of them. Well, I guess I would have gotten some, but you know, and they do give merit raises. But Swarthmore, egalitarian a place that it is, if you get merit raises for several years so that you're making more money than someone who's been there as long as you have, then they catch you down <laughs> because they think just think it's unacceptable to have two people who have been teaching for 30 years have widely discrepant salaries. So, so clearly we have other topics to talk about when we move to the Swarthmore logic of the people who are setting your salaries. <laughs> Barry, thank you very much. It's great talking to you, Dan. This has been Arming the Donkeys, a weekly podcast with Dan Ariely, professor of behavioral economics at Duke University. Learn more at predictablyirrational.com.